The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. The Medical School HQ Podcast, session number 119. Hello and welcome to the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. If you're struggling studying for the MCAT, don't miss out and join over with, join with the over 700 students that have already downloaded our free 30-plus page report by going to freemcatgift.com. Again, freemcatgift.com. Don't miss out on that free 30-page report. Today, we're going to take a listener question and discuss it because it's something that we have had to deal with over the last year now. And I say we because I have my lovely co-host back in the studio with me. Hi, everybody. Allison Gray. Dr. Gray. Any of the above. Well, I don't know. We've had that discussion that you prefer to be doctor. Oh, God. You just... <laughs> oh, Ryan. I'm just saying. I You make it sound like I parade around and say, I'm Dr. Gray. No, I really don't. Well, I just I don't know. happen I to introduce myself that way. <laughs> I suppose. I'm sorry. You all have to be, uh, you know... Uh, what's the word to this uh, subjective exactly thank you <laughs> all right so allison why don't you go and and read this question or or paraphrase the question and, and we can start talking about it all right so we received an email from grace and i'm not going to include any other identifiers because we didn't actually ask her if we could read it we we thought i, I read this email and i thought this is such a great topic and such a great suggestion and uh, so, yeah, um, we wanted to run with it. And so here goes. She says, hi, guys. I just want to say that I love your podcast. I am a so-and-so at so-and-so. I found your podcast this year, and I have listened to almost every episode. I know that you guys recently had a baby, and I think it would be really interesting if you talked about parenthood as a physician, especially motherhood. I know that I have found from experience that whenever I tell people I still plan to have kids and to be a hands-on mom, most people think I'm absolutely insane, even though I want to be an OBGYN, so obviously I love babies and pregnancy. I think it would help inspire other pre-meds as well as some non-traditional students to hear that it is possible to be a good attending and parent at the same time. I hope you'll consider this. Keep rocking it, Grace. So Grace is a pre-med student. Yes. And she wants to be a mom and a physician, and people are telling her she's crazy. Yes, which when I read that, I was like, they're crazy for saying that you're crazy. <laughs> did, did you ever get that sort of pushback from people that said, oh, you want to be a doctor? I guess you don't really want a family life. I think so. I mean, but I don't know, maybe from I hate to say this from like old fuddy duddies. I mean, I think because in my mind, 
I always wanted for as long as I can remember. I mean, as far as knowing what kids were and how mommies and daddies have kids. I mean, I want, I knew that I was a person who would eventually want to have children. It was really important to me. Um, and for a very long time, um, now, I mean, I'd wanted to become a physician. And so that was also a big part of my life and my, you know, ambition. And so, um, it's, it's really, it's hard as a woman to hear people still telling other women, um, and me at some point, I mean, you know, oh, so that means I guess, you know, you're not going to be home with your kids a lot or, oh, I I mean, I do remember actually a family member, I think someone in your family, but anyway, (laughs) saying to me at one point, well, how, you know, what are you going to do when you have little ones running around and, you know, you're not going to be there for them. I mean, that's, they really need you around at that time. And, and I, sounds like my grandmother. I don't want to throw anybody (laughs) under the bus. I love you, Nani. But yeah, um, kind of, sort of, I mean, and I was really taken aback because on the one hand, I know that she is, you know, I don't want to announce her age publicly. I feel like we've already thrown her under the bus. But I mean, she she's lovely and she's wonderful and she's from a different generation. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think um, things are very different. I mean, even my mom, you know, she's 30 plus years older than me. When she was in college, you know, she was like one. There, were, I think for every 50 men in her college class, there was one woman. She went to um, RPI and very, you know, um, science heavy school. Um, and it was a polytechnic institute. It is. And she met my dad there. And anyway, she was in an era where you didn't see a lot of women in professional careers or in science. So things have very much changed since then, but it, you know, it's still, it's frustrating that in 2015 as a woman, it's not just like very matter of fact that, you're going to have children and you're going to have a career and okay, you know, great. Good for you. <laughs> it's more like, are really, are you going to do that? And you know, so not everybody is telling you that, but the fact that there are people telling you it's, it's clear that there are some, it's, it's not, um, it's not easy. So let's, let's go uh, and, and talk about, we can talk about our experience, right? We're, we're parents. Now we have a, a almost one year old as we're recording this. Uh, you had, or we had our baby when you were out of residency. Yes, that is correct. And that was a conscious decision. It absolutely was. Um, so I had lots of friends uh, as a resident who, uh, co-residents who did have children. And I was amazed. I mean, we even in medical school, we had friends who already came into school having children, having had children. Uh, and then we had friends who, I don't know if any of our friends actually had children in medical school. I think one of our friends may have had like a second or third child. But for the most part, it was what was so crazy and just like jaw dropping to me was watching co-residents, friends of mine have children as residents. And I say that because residency in in my experience is like the craziest time in my life. I mean, you are working, as we've said so many times, where you're working so hard and for so many hours. I mean, you're, you're working 32 hours straight. Like you can barely take care of yourself, you know, never mind another person. And that was at least how I saw it. Now, obviously, other people were up to the challenge and were able to. I just knew, you know, myself and, and said, you know, Allison, I don't I don't think I'd be up for that or, or I don't think I want to be up for that. It was a it was a conscious decision. So I said, um, I'm going to wait. I want to wait. And well, Ryan, the other thing, obviously, for us was that we were living apart. So people used to say, oh, well, are you going to have kids soon? And be like, oh, yeah. And uh, I'll drop a uh, baby off on every other weekend in Delaware. And like, like that's not going to work. So, yeah, um, we waited. And it was a good decision for us. Yeah. So that's. I think that's one of the 
first things as a female or as a family that if you are deciding you want children and you're going to be a physician and, and maybe your spouse isn't a physician or maybe they are, this, that's one of the first things you need to come to is when are you going to have this child? Because there are good times, there are bad times. And and there's I, there's obviously no such thing as a perfect time, right? So you can't really wait and wait and wait and go, well, it's not right just yet. You just need to go ahead and, and do it. Yeah, and I, I think it's like we always say, just try to be as informed as you can. So um, <laughs> that, that one went right over yeah, your head. Yeah, it did. It totally did. Sorry. <laughs> um, but really, because if if you inform yourself, then you're prepared. So why is it particularly hard to have a baby during residency? And it's doable. It's so doable. So if you're out there and you're, you know, especially like a non-traditional student and you know that you're the time in your life when you're probably going to be having children is when you're a resident go for it. I mean, absolutely. I just, you know, want people to know that um, some of the challenges are, you know, that you're working so many hours and, and it's hard to get home and see your kids. So as a woman, you know, when you become pregnant and you go through a lot of hormonal changes and you gain a lot of weight and you're, you know, carrying, waddling around, you know, by the end of the pregnancy for, um, for a lot of us, you know, it's, it's hard because residency demands so much stamina from you, you know, your blood, sweat and tears and just, your time and your energy. So, um, I mean, I found it challenging as an attending running around the hospital, being pregnant, running off to, you know, acute stroke codes and all that, um, because it's, it's demanding physically and, and, you know, psychologically all of it. But, um, I did, you know, I, I saw women, um, who nursed, you know, who are, who are bringing a pump to work and, and doing the whole thing as residents. Uh, what are some of the other challenges? So um, what, what about the ramifications of, having a baby in maternity leave during residency. Well, so that's then exactly the next thing I was going to say that you, you have to be, you have to check because the way that, um, you know, ACGME regulations are, I mean, and, and the whole kind of family medical leave. So um, in a lot of residency programs, you can take like a, I think, you know, even a maximum of six weeks. I think you have to give women, I mean, the, so the family medical leave says you can um, have 12 weeks off and that's sort of, that's like a 12 federal. 12 weeks of unpaid. Yeah, 12 weeks of unpaid leave. So you can't, like as a resident, nobody can tell you, you know, you cannot take 12 weeks off. That That's against the law. There's a federal law that says, you know, you have to be allowed to ha- still have your job, but be allowed to have, you know, 12 weeks of unpaid leave. However, that could mean that your residency program could say, you know what, congratulations, you've had a baby, that's wonderful. And if you're going to take 12 weeks off, you're going to have to postpone your graduation and actually, you know, take some of your, do some of your rotations um, as part of your your residency, you know, like, you know, farther out, farther out. Um, So, you know, some, it depends on your program though. I mean, some programs have a lot of elective time. And so, I mean, I knew people who kind of use their elective time to read and have a baby. I mean, that sounds kind of crazy, but it's true (laughs) Um, to have a baby, have maternity leave, go on maternity leave. So it all depends. And that's why I think, you know, yes, I totally agree with you. There's no perfect time to have a child. It's never like you're as a human. I think you're going to be like, oh, I'm completely prepared financially, emotionally, physically like this. No, it's you get to a point where this makes sense. You feel like you're ready enough and you're going to go for it. But I think as a physician, as a medical student, as a physician, it's really, and especially as a resident, it's really important to try to know what the situation would be in your program, if you can, if you can. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's it's a very personal decision. And Absolutely. so it's kind of awkward to go to the program director or start asking around, be like, so what's the maternity leave policy here? Well, but you know, I mean, there are people too, and a lot of them have families, and it's... um. 
I mean, in some ways, it's a little bit different than like an average job because in a job, you know, uh, I mean, you're you're leaving work to go on maternity leave. Other people are going to have to cover for you. That's true as a resident too. But at the same time, in residency, you have a certain number of things like duties that you have to fulfill. You have a certain number of rotations, a certain number of hours of this, that, and the other. So those things will have to get done. It's just a question of when they're going to get done. So I think, you know, I think it's completely um, a legitimate question to ask. I don't know that you want to ask it like on your interview day when you're interviewing for residency, but, <laughs> um, but it's totally completely legitimate to ask about maternity leave and, and how, you know, or family leave and how that all works, you know, for the program, or even just getting a sense of what the elective time is like, because that, you know, it just, or, or you know, it'll, it'll give you a better sense basically. Yeah. So as, as we, as a family decided our timing for having a child, you were coming out of residency and starting in private practice. What was that like for you, knowing that you are now entering the workforce and supposed to be this full-time physician, and now all of a sudden you're breaking the news to your boss and your coworkers that said, hey, I'm here, <laughs> yep. but I'm leaving. <laughs> well, or leaving temporarily. Yeah, I was really nervous about it. I mean, um, being pregnant for the first time and, and then being in you know my first job out of residency as a physician, uh, a lot of new things. And I remember really being very nervous about having that conversation with my boss. Now, my boss was my mentor and um, I'd known him for a very long time. So that part of it made it a little bit easier. But uh, I remember, you know, we I waited to tell people until about, you know, 15 or 16 weeks because that was something that I had read that that was kind of a good time to start, you know, to let people know um, at, at work. And I remember that, you know, my pants started getting kind of tight and my shirts were getting a little tight. And it was, you know, well, just as I was transitioning into, you know, maternity clothes. Um, and so I kind of, had to tell people. So um, one thing I would say is make sure your boss knows. I had somebody in the office come up to me and say, I know you're pregnant. You have to tell me, are you pregnant? And it was like so inappropriate. But um, I made a point of making sure that I informed my boss first. Um, but, you know, I mean, the the great, I was lucky in that it was a very family friendly practice. I mean, everybody there, except for there was an MA who was younger, but everybody else had kids. So it was sort of, What's I was an MA? an MA is a medical assistant. So I was uh, in a place that was really supportive of people having babies. And so that helped. Um, but you know what? Life is life. I mean, I think um, a lot of uh, physicians, a lot of you know women I know had, had children during fellowship because you were out of residency, you had a lighter kind of schedule and but, you know, you're still smack dab in the, in the middle of potentially like a year long training. So that can be awkward, too, because you've come in for this year and then you're going away. That's it. You know, you got to just you make it work. And if people give you the stink eye or look at you funny, it's like we've been doing this as long as humans have been alive. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so and and also, I feel like you can think to yourself, well, you know, this man or woman standing in front of me, if they're giving me a hard time, if not for their mothers, they wouldn't be standing here. So it's, you know, it, it's part of life and people just kind of have to deal with it, you know, I deal with it. Yeah. So I don't know if I should bring this up now, but there's always this point of contention about women's pay mm. and, and the discrepancies in pay between men and women. And mm -hmm. one of the, the things that I bring up playing devil's advocate is, well, women, women have babies and take time off. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? So number one thought is you're a man. So, <laughs> you know, you don't quite understand and that's okay. I still love you. 
<laughs> um, actually, Patricia Arquette gave a great speech at the Oscars recently about how, and I, I thought this was so wonderful. She won um, the Academy Award for Supporting Actress um, for Boyhood, which if you haven't seen it, it's awesome. It's a great, great film. Um, but she talked about how, you know, we've been trying to support women in other countries and, and that's extremely important. And we need to keep doing that. And it's high time that we in the United States really took a stand on making sure that our women are getting paid as they should. And, oh, I was in the car listening to her speech because I we had to go to sleep the night before and couldn't watch the Oscars um, <laughs> because we're parents and tired. <laughs> but um, I was thinking, God, I just wanted to, like, give her a big hug. Yeah, it's it sucks that, I, uh, quite frankly, Ryan, I think that, um, you know, women get sort of it's it's like oh, well, you know, you're going on maternity leave. And so that means you should get, you know, lower pay all the time. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't agree with that. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, is not, um, is not right in our society and certainly trickles down into the world of medicine. I mean, if they've looked at that and, and, you know, female physicians, um, are not always paid what male physicians are. Um, you know, it's also in medicine, it's so different than, well, I mean, it's, it's so varied, you know, you have women working as researchers and academics, you have people in private practice. So there's no like standard, but absolutely there are women who are not getting paid as much as men. And, um, a lot of still male dominated specialties like neurosurgery and maybe even orthopedics. So I think it's not necessarily something that we can fix, but it's certainly something that we should stand for. So there's my, uh, my spiel. All right. That was a, that was a tangent. Well, sorry, you know, you no, asked No, that was my tangent. That's fine. <laughs> so, so we have a baby, right? What has having a child done to your work and environment, your work capabilities, your just overall life as a as a mother now and a physician? So it's such a huge question and you know that I tend to be long-winded, so I'll try to break it down for you. <laughs> and this is really what Grace was asking about is sort of how, do, how does it change things and how can you still make it work and, and really work well? So my mom used to tell me, Allison, when you become a mother, your life will change and it will just, you will, you can't even anticipate, you can't even fathom how much your life will change, but it will change forever and in such a great way. And she was right. She also told me, by the way, that I, um, you know, I was going to be really tired and sleep deprived after having a baby. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did residency. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no. Because <laughs> the secret about that is that after having a baby, you don't get to like go home and sleep post call. You're still on all the time. All so the you time. get a little tired. But um, yeah, so my mom was right. I mean, I my life changed just drastically. Um, and, you know, you, you can't even... Oh my God, you just, you can't even kind of wrap your head around how much love you can have in your heart for um, another human being. And, uh, and when, I mean, I obviously love my husband dearly. And when you have a child, it's just, it's life changing. You just, your heart like expands. It's inc an incredible thing. Um, but what did that do? So being pregnant and working in a hospital and then, you know, going on maternity leave. I mean, you have such hormonal changes and Ryan can attest to this. Um, I mean, you know, you're, you're very physically and, you know, emotionally exhausted and you have a growing life inside of you. That's, I mean, I remember running around the hospital and, and like, you know, thinking to myself, Oh gosh, you know, I haven't felt her kick in a while. Is everything okay? And, 
Um, and it was, you know, but um, you're, you're dealing with like your body changing and all these hormonal changes while you're trying to take care of patients. And so I remember lots of patients when I would, was pregnant saying, you know, oh God, you know, are you doing okay? How close are you? And, you know, or, or not like not wanting me to bend down or lift things or asking me if I could, if I wanted to sit down. And I thought all that was, you know, really, really nice. Um, people trying to help you as you're helping them. Um, but you know, after you have, I mean, after I had our baby, yeah, it's, um, it just changed who I was and will always, you know, be, um, for the first time, I mean, I was not always just about taking care of patients and taking care of my family and me, it was taking care of, you know, my daughter and then trying to still do all those other things. So life changing, that's my punchline. That's my point. Um, in terms of work though, so, you know, I think maternity leave was really, really, really important. And it amazes me um, always when I think about the fact that my mom only did get six weeks um, after she had me. And with my sister, she took eight and she went right back to work. Um, She's a biochemist and she was um, working in a state lab and then an industry. And I mean, she was exhausted. Um, I, I had the fortune of having 13 weeks off. Now, all of it was unpaid, unpaid. which, right, not we, fun. We planned ahead. And- <laughs> we did. We planned ahead. We even saw our financial guy and, um, you know, we, we budgeted for it and all that. Um, but it was so important for me. I, I joined a mom's group, which I recommend to all of you women out there who, um, you know, are going to be moms. It, it's a huge thing to be able to, um, you know, relate and talk about what's going on with your baby and you and when they're so, so tiny and, um, I, one of my best friends now is someone who I met, um, in our mom's group who's actually a nurse practitioner. Um, so we share that healthcare background too, which is kind of interesting and she's an OBGYN. So, uh, anyway, so that was huge. Um, but you know, as maternity leave started winding down, I, I did feel myself, um, kind of torn. I, I remember feeling like, you know what? I don't know if I want to go back to work. <laughs> And I think Ryan was kind of like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't budget for that. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, I, I mean that, but that's what happens. You just, you know, I mean, think about this, right. I worked so hard for so long to get into medical school and then, you know, to, through residency to become a physician, to be a neurologist. Here I am my first year, like as a full fledged physician specialist. And I'm thinking about maybe not going back to work. So that just shows like how much things can change in your mindset. And I, I definitely did want to go back to work. Um, I knew that, you know, I, I, I mean, I have so much respect for stay-at-home moms. I knew that for me, what what I wanted to do ultimately was to go back to work. Um, and that's, you know, I, I loved my profession so much. I still do. I really want to contribute to people in that way, but also be able to be a mom. So um, so I did, you know, circle back and and, uh, and I went back to work. Um, and it was hard. I mean, it was, I remember crying my eyes out when we dropped our daughter off at daycare and um, it's, it's a hard transition, but, um, a good one. And she has, you know, done so well in daycare. And I know lots and lots of working moms who are physicians, um, who have their kids in daycare with a nanny. And, um, it's a hard transition at first, but they thrive. I mean, so many, um, so many moms, I know their, their kids are thriving in daycare, the social, um, kind of, uh, development they get from being around other kids is so wonderful. So it's totally, totally doable. Um, and really a great thing. You've mentioned at at points that cognitively you feel like you're not all there after having a baby. (laughs) You're just bringing up all this tough stuff. Now, if there's any lawyers listening, (laughs) shut your ears. Oh, jeez. But I I think that's one of the biggest things. Obviously, people know when you have a baby, you are sleep deprived, not only for the mom, but also for the dad. 
I I was lucky enough that you let me sleep through a lot of nights. Obviously, this was a time period uh, when I was also diagnosed with MS too. So it was an even more stressful time for us. Uh, But I think at that point, you're we're both very tired all the time because we're trying to take care of a new baby, trying to figure it all out, not sleeping well throughout the night. How did you deal with that part of it? Well, uh, you know, one of the things that being a resident uh, teaches you is is how to th- how to live. Drink lots of coffee. Yeah. Well, no, no, because you can't. That's the thing when you're when you're nursing. I mean, um, and I I've been breastfeeding for almost the last year. Um, I and you know with that they they don't recommend that you have too much caffeine. And so I I definitely at times would have a cup of coffee, but that was it. So residency teaches you how to live and thrive on adrenaline. And I was a lot of days kind of, you know, coasting just on adrenaline. And um, when you're breastfeeding, you also are, uh, you you really need a lot of extra calories. And so I was trying to eat a lot. And Oh, but I mean, definitely it's, um, you know, having that kind of extended maternity leave for 13 weeks helped because I was, there's a very big difference from how I felt at five weeks versus 13 weeks postpartum, big time. Um, your body, you feel like you're getting, I mean, I'm just, all you you know, male listeners out there, I don't want to like make anybody feel weird or uncomfortable, but just to tell you like your body is, you know, you're kind of still coping with, you know, all the changes happening to you. And so you feel like you're sort of starting to get back into, you know, feel like yourself a little bit, um, after a certain number of weeks, but early on, not at all. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I was really tired. And I remember though, that, you know, um, our daughter was sleeping, um, really almost through the night she was getting up once and then we took a trip and when we came back she was not sleeping through the night anymore at all and was getting up like five or six or even like up to eight or nine times a night and Ryan and I were just like oh my god I mean I remember I was trying to drive to work and I only had a 10 10 minute commute at that point and I was like trying not to fall asleep at the wheel and I was sitting in front of patients feeling myself like be so tired and thinking this is just not good um so, you know, things worked out, um, but it's, it can be challenging at times. And my boss was really understanding because he had seen my colleague go through this. And I mean, um, you know, he had watched, she's a nurse, she was a nurse practitioner at the practice where I was working and he watched her go through this sort of like cognitive decline that you talk about, Ryan. And I mean, it, they've actually done studies where they've seen that women who, um, you know, have a child that their cognition may kind of take a hit for a little bit of time. I don't know if we know kind of what that's about, but, uh, and I would really be interested to know as a neurologist. Um, I mean, sleep deprivation, I'm sure has to factor into it, but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying like I felt stupid, but I just felt like I was not up to my typical kind of very efficient, you know, um, self. And, and I was a little bit rusty coming back. I mean, I had to kind of get back into my workflows and, and, uh, you know, pick up the speed again in terms of getting notes done. And, you know, it was a definite transition. I will tell you one of the things that made it a little bit easier for me and something I would certainly recommend if you can or want to do it, I was able to take um, one day for me and my daughter. So in other words, I went back to work basically part-time. I was working four days a week instead of five. So I, I had Wednesdays and she and I you know, we would go to music class. We would meet Ryan for lunch. Um, I mean, we just, uh, it was so helpful to me to have that day. I had it on Wednesday, so it sort of broke up the week. 
Um, and it was huge, huge for me. I'm actually now, you know, getting to the point where I'm probably going to go back to five days, um, pretty soon, but that has been a huge help, um, in the transition back. Not everybody can have that option, but if you can, and it's something you think you're interested in, certainly explore it. All right. So if there's any guys still out there listening, the, this is all relevant discussion for you as well because having a child obviously involves both the man and the woman and yeah so ryan share us share with us about your perspective because grace was i think primarily interested in motherhood and you know she's a woman she wants to do OBGYN, but tell us oh i I think i shared i mean it's it's really just exhaustion from a guy's (laughs) standpoint and support and dealing with the emotional roller coaster the hormonal roller coaster that is a female's body after birth and while breastfeeding and all that other fun stuff. So I, from, from my point of view, the first several months were hard, um, very hard, because at, there is a point where as a dad, there's really not much you can do except to be a support. And so you're waking up in the middle of the night to just be awake with the, the mom as she's breastfeeding the baby. You're doing nothing else except just being awake. You gave bottles sometimes. Sometimes we gave bottles, but that didn't really last very long. So it's it's hard. But the, the more that the baby gets older, which happens every day, hopefully, that the personality of the baby comes out. And you can play with the baby more. And, and so it becomes more fun for the dad. But those first little while is hard. Yeah. And I've heard other, you know, dads talk about that, that, you know, after about three or four months, it starts to get fun (laughs) for the dads. I think it's, you know, it's different because as a mom, you just have this very intense bond with, you know, your baby. And, um, it's, it's just kind of, it's a different experience, but very, very, I mean, I tell Ryan all the time, I mean, just, just having him be there and be a support. I mean, it was huge for me as I was, you know, postpartum and then transitioning back to work. And I mean, I, I've been using a, a breast pump for all these months too. And that's exhausting trying to, um, you know, they, my, my prior, um, the place I used to work, my, the prior practice. And now, you know, they've, they've all been great about, um, having, you know, giving me time to, to use the pump. Um, and that's actually, um, I think that's also a federal law that, um, for women out there that, um, you have to be given a private place where you can use a breast pump, um, if you're returning to work and and doing that. So even if you're, I mean, my gosh, one of my good friends who's an emergency medicine physician, um, she told me that she would take like her five minute breaks and run into, you know, the break room, um, or, you know, private area. And she would use her breast pump for like five or 10 minutes and then rush back to work and then do it again later. I mean, you know, people do all sorts of things. You do what you have to do. I was, you know, fortunate enough to be able to have like a 40 minute chunk where I could just sit down and, you know, type notes and, you know, use the pump at the same time. So, um, but it is exhausting. And so having Ryan be there and be supportive, if I would say, you know, God, this is a rough day. And, you know, I don't know, X, Y, or Z about my frustrations with the pump or whatever was going on. I mean, it's, it's huge. So, um, it's, I, you know, we, I can't, like underscore enough how how um, important it is for me that he's been so supportive throughout all this. And I, I mean, single moms out there, my God, so much respect and admiration for you. <clears throat> so I do think in answer to your question, Grace, um, I do think it's very possible. I mean, I can tell you now, you know, our daughter's almost a year old 
And um, for me, I mean, I still, um, I still wonder if I'm quite cognitively exactly how I was before all this. No, I mean, I, I'm kind of only half kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do feel like I am, you know, kind of back to myself. I mean, I'm, I, I feel you know, good about the work I'm doing. I feel really great. I will tell you, there's one other thing that I think happens when you become a mom about, you know, in terms of your relationship with your work. I used to sort of be, you know, I would stay late or do what I had to do. If, if I was, you know, charting and I needed some extra time, I would just kind of sometimes stick it out and stay there and finish. I am very no nonsense about that now. I am out the door if I, you know, by five o'clock um, from work. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, I, that's just so important to me because I, I want to be home. I have a commute now too, and I need to be here. Um, so I don't stick around to, you know, talk with anybody or do anything. Um, you know, if I've, I've returned patient phone calls on my ride home, you know what you do what you got to do. But, um, but that I think I've, I've talked to other women who've said the same thing that, you know, work becomes a sort of like, you're, you're much even more efficient. You're just sort of like, no nonsense. I need to, you know, get my work done, get home. And that's that. Um, and, you know, we're still a work in progress. We have mornings where we want to like wring each other's necks because we haven't prepared well and we're rushing around trying to get stuff ready for our daughter for daycare and we're trying to get our lunches ready and we're just like, ah, we should have gotten up like two hours ago. This is like insane and we're both going to be late for work and oh my God, oh my God. But you know what? That's life. We're people, we're working, we're physicians and we have stressful jobs and, and whatnot. So as as a neurologist, you'll like this, the, the name of this law, and you just kind of mentioned it, how you become more efficient. There's, there's a law called Parkinson's Law that basically states that the amount of time that it takes to complete a project or a task expands to fill whatever amount of time is available to complete that task. So without a child... You, you have all night, right? You, you really don't have to be home for anything. You can call your significant other and say, I'm going to be late. But once you have that child, now all of a sudden there's that hard deadline. And so somehow, magically, you get the, the job done faster and more efficiently because that's just the way it is. That makes complete sense. That's why uh, yeah. before you go on vacation or something, before spring break or, or whatever it may be, all of a sudden, all your emails are taken care of. All the t stuff at work is done. Right. You're super efficient. You're you driven. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know that makes that makes total sense. And Parkinson's, Par Parkinson's not the same as uh, Parkinson's disease. I wonder. I don't know. Well, we'll anyway, um, right. yeah. So there's your answer, Grace. So there's your answer. You definitely can make it work. And I I can't comment as you know to or I can't comment about um, specifically what it's like to be a surgeon and a working mom because I'm not, I'm a diagnostician, I'm a neurologist. Um, but I will tell you that I am on a Facebook group, um, a physician mommy group. And I'm, you know, which is a group of hundreds actually literally of um, physicians who are moms. And there are lots of surgeons on there. And we talk about all different kinds of things. Um, people write in baby questions and, you know, medical questions and like all sorts of things. It's, it's actually this really lovely community. Um, but uh, there are surgeons on there and they're, they talk about from time to time how, you know, you can absolutely do it. And people do all sorts of things. And there are women on there who, you know, they're orthopedic surgeons and their husbands are plastic surgeons are both, you know, or they're both um, interventionalists. I mean, crazy stuff, but they make it work. And I think if, if you have enough drive and ambition and, and, um, oomph <laughs> to get yourself into medical school, you can do it. You absolutely can do it. 
Um, and it's just a matter of kind of working out the details. So don't let anybody tell you, Grace, and all of you out there that you're crazy for wanting to have a baby and be a hands-on mom. Because I'll tell you, I'm a hands-on mom. Absolutely. Um, and I'm also a hands-on neurologist in the sense that I show up to work and I do my job every day. So um, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it or that you're crazy or any of that. You know, you can just sort of politely nod and say, thanks for your input. <laughs> um, because if you can get yourself in, you know, into medical school, you can make all the rest happen. You absolutely can. All righty. So there you go. So hopefully that cleared up or encouraged you or motivated you or gave you some reassurance that it is possible to have your cake and eat it too, so to speak. That, that it, it is possible to have children, to be a physician, to be a good physician and a good mother or father. It's, it's all possible. Yeah, it just takes some work and it can be stressful, but with some determination, it's uh, doable. And, you know, they say that there are all these different phases. So we'll give you an update at some point because, you know, we've, we've done the infant thing and we're doing the toddler thing soon. And, I mean, we're, we're learning as we go. <laughs> yes. Lifelong learners. Yes. So, Grace emailed in that question. If you have a question for us that you think would be a good topic for the podcast, you can email me. I'm Ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. You can email Allison. She's Allison at medicalschoolhq.net. You can go to medicalschoolhq.net slash contact and submit a question there. It'll go to both of us. There's lots of ways to reach out to us. Continue this conversation, though. Go to medicalschoolhq.net slash 119 and you can continue the conversation there. We've also done a couple podcast episodes with medical students that are now uh, or, or are parents and with physicians that were parents while going through medical school. So go back and look for those. Uh, one off the top of my head, I think is episode 61. And that was uh, one where I interviewed Rebecca. She's a fourth year medical student. She started medical school with three children, I believe. So pretty crazy. So go back and listen to that and see what kind of advice she had for going through the process. Uh, a little bit different than ours because we had a baby after residency. And you know, I just realized we keep using the word crazy, but we're like crazy awe, not like crazy you're insane, like crazy awe, like you're so amazing. So just to throw that out there that like, I mean, no, seriously, though, because that's what, you know, she was saying that these people are telling her she's nuts, but it's not nuts. It's just like amazing that, you know, people can do this. So, you know, I think they were trying to be more derogatory. No, they were, but we're not. When, <laughs> like when we're saying it's crazy that she did that, like it's crazy. Amazing. So anyway, respect, amazing. respect. <laughs> whatever you say. It's always whatever I say. I'm glad you're really you're finally recognizing that. Anyway, if you loved today's podcast or you liked it a lot, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes. Leave us an awesome rating and review there and share the love. That helps us a ton when people are looking for a podcast that they want to listen to and they happen to be pre-med. So again, hopefully you got a ton of great information. And as always, I hope you join us next time here at the Medical School Headquarters.